Maybe we have a special. We got a video. We're hoping it's going to work. Um, it is going. It is in um, Romanian um, because you're, you're going to deal with the, the students that went to Bible college, and they're going to speak Romanian. Um, but it's going to be um, written in um, English at the bottom. So we're going to turn the lights down, hoping that you'll be able to read the writing on the bottom. Um, I can. I'm blind as a bat, and I can see it. But there's few of you all that are blinder than bats. So uh, um, you might not be able to see that. But I hope and pray that you can. We're going to try to pin this to Facebook as well so you could watch it if you couldn't see it. But this is what um, our church has been behind. Um, I, actually, I went over in 94, and I, I, I was there from 93 to 90, uh, to 2004. And uh, David and my dad um, came over, and they started this Bible college um, um, out of the ministry that we had there. So this is what's been going on since 2005, and it's, it's, it's met a huge need in that area. So just listen. Um, to this video. Acum, Mihai face lucruri frumoase care au fost învățate aici la Schitul Duca. Era un om ciudat la început, oricum, un om cu barbă, niște americani care vin ei să-mi spună ei mii, nu știu ce și nu știu cum. Ai și muream de ciudă că nu, nu găsam eu în Biblie ceva ca să le explic eu lor că nu e așa cum zic ei. M-a avantajat foarte mult în casa mea, în familia mea. Învățătura din locul ăsta de la Schitul Duca. Și unul dintre principiile de, de la cursul de predare este următorul. Învățarea nu s-a produs până când viața studentului nu s-a schimbat. O diferență era, știi, că când m-am pocăit, când m-am întors, m-am convertit la Domnul, eu acolo în comunitatea țiganilor ron. Mergeam din casă în casă, șteam, luam Biblia și citeam la oameni, la frați, la ortodoxi și credeam că este bine. De asta pentru mine școala asta era o erezie pentru mine, era o ceva care, Doamne, nici nu trebuia să aud. Eu că am crezut că păcătuiesc dacă vin la școala asta, vă dați seama. Dar când am ajuns aici la Schitul Duca, am văzut o altă schimbare. De ce? Când am început să citesc Biblia și când mi s-a început să mi se explice ce înseamnă și cum înseamnă lucrurile acestea, am pus mâna așa în cap și am zis, Doamne, eu am, eu am citit Biblia, cred că era invers, tocmai invers era. Dar fratele David a fost unul dintre cei care a știut, probabil datorită experienței lui, a știut cum să se raporteze față de mine. Deci nu m-a îmbrâncit, nu m-a respins așa cum nu a vorbit cu mine urât sau nu știu ce. Ba din potrivă, el spunea, eu apreciez ceea ce spui tu, dar nu avem un suport biblic de tine, că nu putem urna. Am ajuns la Schitul Duca cu foarte multe fixații de ale mele. Levi, dinainte de școala Schitul Duca, era un om care cunoștea scripturile, era un om creștin de duminică. Totodată puteam niște întrebări mai fără sens sau nu, dar ei aveau răbdare și am înțeles că trebuie să iubesc mai mult frații, în primul rând, și dacă îmi iubesc frații din biserică, poți să iubești pe ceilalți din jur. Venind aici la Schitul Duca, am văzut că oamenii sunt implicați. O trezit în mine chestia asta, că nu pot doar să mă mulțumesc că știu din Biblie. Misiunea școlii de la Schitul Duca este să mergem și să facem ucenici, așa cum ne-a poruncit Domnul Isus, să-i pregătim și să-i echipăm ca să poată să facă lucrarea la care i-a chemat Dumnezeu.
Așa se cheamă evangelizare prin relații, nu? Uh -huh. da. Cu oamenii, am învățat cursul ăsta cum trebuie să mă raportez față de oameni atunci când îi ajut să-i convertesc, să vină la pocăințe. Trebuie să fim noi și trebuie să ne căutăm modul nostru de vorbă, cum suntem noi, oamenii trebuie să ne accepte așa, să nu simtă cumva că nu suntem reali. Am înțeles un lucru minunat aici la Schitul Duca, că ești un singur Dumnezeu, un singur botez și un singur Mântuitor. De asta am învățat ca să dau și la alții din viața lui Hristos. La școală înveți lucrurile în mod sistematic și poți să-ți pui bazele. Pentru că au fost luate exact ca la școală. Adică nu, nu a fost, nu e ca, ca și cum o predică. Asculți o predică, bun, pleci acasă, rămâi cu predică, așa, nu. Aici, aici am făcut exact ca la școală. Adică vă dați seama, începi la ora 9 și pleci la ora 4. Cu pixul mână și școala la școală. Am învățat cum să citesc și cum să studiez Biblia acum. Pot să studiez Biblia singură și chiar fac lucrul acesta. Școala durează 2 ani, 2 zile și jumătate, 3 zile pe lună. 3 zile astea eu nu eram, eram în stare să mai plec de aici. Când veneam mai 3 zile pe lună, atât de mult îmi plăcea să stau aici. Aici ne-au dat 3 mese pe zi, am stat la mâncat, ne-au dat dormitori. Aveam de toate cele trebuișoase. Ca să fac mâncare pentru studenți, mai trăgeam și eu cu urechea. Fiind o școală interdenominațională, ceea ce urmărim noi este să slujim biserica, să susținem biserica, să ajutăm biserica. Aici, la Schitul Duca, ești poate să descopere darul lor de a sluji în lumea aceasta. Pentru că apoi, așa cum spune viziunea noastră, să poți să fii suficient de echipat și pregătit să ai unele necesare ca să poți face lucrarea la care Dumnezeu te-a chemat. Școala Schitul Duca pentru mine este un loc de transformare pentru mine. Un loc în care îl descoper pe Dumnezeu. Este ca un îndrumător în, în viața mea. Școala de ucenici adevărată. Trecerea la un alt nivel spiritual. We are so thankful for um, your contribution and your partnering with us here in Romania to do the work of the gospel to people who are sometimes pushed to the sides or who are not able to go and study in, uh, at a Bible Institute somewhere farther away. And we want to provide all the help that we can to serve them. Thank you for being with us and for serving along with us. able to read that I don't want to brag but I was able to understand it uh, uh, I just like reminding people that I'm bilingual nobody believes it so it's how it is um, I don't do very well in English but I do better in Romanian I do that but it is great to be here with you all and to here I'm gonna ask Marcella to come Marcella has uh, worked through our church now for 16 17 years and this is the first time she's able to be, be here but she's going to come and just present to us. And then tonight we're going to come back and go into a little bit more detail in that if you'd like to be a part of our, of our 6 o'clock service um, tonight. Marcella? Hello. My name is Marcella Mureșan, and I'm from Romania. And um, 
I've been serving along with David and Brody for quite a number of years since 2006, even though the school started in 2005. And um, the video was self-explanatory. I don't have to add much else. All I wanted to say is that uh, I want to bring greetings, first of all, from our church, the Way of Joy, and also uh, on behalf of the School of, of Faith Bible Training Center, the School at Skituruka, I want to uh, bring our love and to say thank you for all your prayers and support. The school wouldn't be able to continue without you, and we want to thank you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. We had a, a birthday for Marcella yesterday, and um, she got to speak a little bit about um, Romania and Yash. And then tonight we got some more that we'll do as well. But if you have any questions or want to ask questions, that's what she's here for, and she'd love to be able to answer those. Um, Romania has always been a part of our heart here at First Baptist Church in Louisa, and we've, that's been a, our main part of missions that God's placed in us, and I'm thankful for that. And we're, we're so thankful that we get to be a part of that continued ministry on. I believe that 64 men and women have been through um, the, the Bible Institute there in the last uh, few years. And uh, that means that they're in the other villages uh, doing what they've been called to do to preach the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So thankful um, for that. Like I said earlier, um, David uh, was able to be here at the 830 service and he, he preached as uh, Marcello translated for him for a few minutes. And it was a blessed to be able to hear that and, and be a part of that. So um, we are, or if you notice the video, um, the very first gentleman that came up on a video, um, he is the only one from the video that was part of my life when I lived there um, in, in the, in before, I, before I came here. And uh, I can tell you some wild, wild Mihai stories. I really can. Um, but, you know, when, when God saves you, he saves you. Amen. When he rolls that stone away, um, he does that very thing. And I'm so thankful for that. That's Mihai there. He's wild enough to shoot at. Is what, the best way to say that right there. And God saved him from his sins, just like he saved me and you. Um, and he will save you from your sins today. But we're thankful, and tonight we'll get in a little bit more detail. I know you all are excited to hear more Romanian stories. Amen. Everybody in the world says, we hear more about Romania than anything you got. Someone told me the other day, do you got any other stories other than Romanian stories? I'm like, well, no. Where else have I been? That's the only place I've been, so that's the only ones I got. But if you would, turn with me to Genesis chapter 12 and Genesis chapter 13 today. As we look into scripture and see what God would have us to do, just as we talked about there on the screen and we saw those things, um, every single day, me and you are, are forced to make choices. And you have to make tough choices. You may have to make hard choices. I mean, you have to make decisions all the time. We even make decisions without even thinking about making decisions. That's how many decisions that come by us on a daily basis. But today we want to talk about those choices. We want to be reminded of what happened last week in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 4. The Bible tells us that Abraham chose to follow the Lord. And in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 4 it says, So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And we, or we, we remember from last week that the Lord told um, Abraham to leave his family, to leave his livelihood, 
to, to walk away from what he, what he was always used to, everything that was normal for him, and go to a place that he has never been before, and he don't even know where that place is at. So God gave him a calling, and what happened was this, Abraham chose to follow the Lord. But what we're going to look in today is not just the choice of following the Lord, but what after Abraham made the choice of following the Lord, he still had to make daily choices to continue on following the Lord. Just like Sunday morning. Sunday morning, have you ever noticed, is the best sleep anyone has ever gotten in the history of mankind. Um, you can sleep better Sunday morning than any other time in the world. You have headaches on Sunday morning quicker than any other morning in the world. You wake up, I think I might have a headache. You know, I heard a story about a, about a guy who said, he woke up in the morning, he said, I just really don't feel like going to church today. You know, those people are mean to me down there and, and all that stuff, and they, they make fun of me and all this stuff. And, and, and Emma told him, you know what, you have to go down there to church, you're the preacher. You know, um, <laughs> So sometimes that happens, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, Sunday morning you can come up with all these excuses and try to figure out, and, and you can get there. But coming to church on Sunday morning is a Saturday night choice. You're going to have to make that decision. And really, it shouldn't even be a decision. When I was growing up, I never woke up Sunday morning and said, wonder if the Price family are going to church today. Never was a question. There was a thought, if it ever happened, we didn't go to church, I'd be like, somebody died. Or is it me? Who's dying here? You know what I mean? What's going on? It just didn't happen. It, but we have to make these daily choices in life. But Abraham, he took, he said, yes, Lord, he went there, but there was a famine in the land in Canaan at the time. So what Abraham did was he, after he was there in Canaan for a while, he noticed the famine. He said, let's go to Egypt out of this famine, then we'll, then, then we'll get back to doing what God said after these messages, after we get through this, this difficult time. And he went down to Egypt, and he started off by making a bad choice. And the reason I want to share this with you is this. When you make a choice to serve the Lord, to follow Jesus, you are most likely, definitely, going to make some bad choices after that. Abraham made a great choice to choose to follow the Lord. But then he made a bad choice when he was going into Egypt. He thought of his wife of being a smoking hot lady. She was a good looking lady. And he looked over at Sarah and he said this, Sarah, if they ask, tell them that you're my sister. And what it was was this. Abraham went from trusting the Lord to not trusting the Lord. Because he thought, if these five people see how beautiful my wife is, they'll kill me and take my wife. So he told her to lie so that he would not lose his own life. He was so overwhelmed with fear for his own life, that he was ready to give up his own wife. So she lied. And when Pharaoh of Egypt saw that she was so beautiful, she, he asked, who is this woman? He said, well, I'm, I'm, his, I'm his sister. 
So the Pharaoh took her into his kingdom. And, but what happened in the middle of this is that Abraham, because he was the brother, he, the Pharaoh thought, of this beautiful lady, Pharaoh blessed Abraham and Lot with everything they needed. With all the gold, all the silver, all the livestock, everything in the world. But something bad happened to Pharaoh. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 17, but the Lord plagued Pharaoh. We always think about the plagues upon Egypt in Exodus, but we don't hear about the plagues of, of the, the Pharaoh during Genesis, during the Abraham visit of Egypt. But the Bible says, but the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abram's wife. And when Pharaoh found out that, that Sarah was actually Abram's wife, he went to Abraham and said, man, what's your problem? Why in the world did you lie to me? Look what kind of death you've brought into my house because of your lie. So he told um, Abram and Lot and a whole bunch, get out of this place. I'm done with you. Get out of here. Why did he do that? Because he wanted those plagues to do what? Stop. To get out as well. So Abraham, even though he decided to follow the Lord, he had a problem and he made a mistake. Has there anybody in this room today had ever made a decision to follow the Lord and then afterwards made a bad decision? Room's full of them. And that's what happens in our life. And we see today that choices have consequences. Choices have consequences. In Genesis chapter 13 through 1 through 7, we see, Then Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him to the south. Abram was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold. And he went on his journey from south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ahi. Listen to verse 4. To the place of the altar which he had made there at first. And there, were, there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Lot also who went with Abram had flocks and herds and tents. Now the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together. For their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. And the Canaanites and the Pezites then dwelt in the land. So we see that choices definitely have consequences. Abraham ended up in Egypt. We look at the idea that he became rich. That's amazing. But man, what did he go through to get to that place? Lot also, being the, the nephew of Abraham, um, he became rich and very wealthy. They get back up to the Canaan land, to the promised land there in Bethel. They brought everything they had with them, and it caused a problem. This place is not big enough for the both of us. They had too much stuff. They had too many animals. They had too much, and, and their herdsman was fighting with the other herdsmen because of the, the land that was not enough to get things, get animals fed. So they got in this argument and they decided that they had to separate. They had to do that. And that's what happens 
<laughs> when we do not do what God asks us to do, it causes problems. When we make wrong choices, we get bad consequences. So they had to separate in different directions. But there was a problem, a good problem, you see in this bad choice. He made a bad choice in Egypt. He got kicked out and he's headed back where he was supposed to be in the first place. And I want you to notice in Genesis chapter 13 and in verse 4, to the place of the altar which he had made there at first, and Abram called on the name of the Lord. When God called Abraham out of the Ur of Chaldeans, he had to travel all the way up the Euphrates River to Haran and all the way down into the Canaan land and the promised land that we know of Israel today. But what happened was this. Everywhere Abraham stopped on the way, he dug a well and he built an altar. When he left that place, what remained behind? The dug well, which was able to offer water to all people. But not only that, but the altar there to be able to see people let people see this is where you call upon the Lord. This is where you do business with God Almighty. So what, what Abraham did when he left behind, he left behind blessings for people that were coming. But not only for people, but when Abraham went down into Egypt and came back up, the altar that he had built in Bethel became a blessing to him. Because it came a place that he would come back to God and to cry out to God again. To a place of the altar which he had made there at first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. It, he came back to the place where he began. And he saw the altar that he had made before when he was making the right decisions. And he got to come back and get back on his knees on the same altar and praise and call out and cry out to the Lord again. Me and you need a place in our life today that we can go to and call on the Lord to cry out his name to do business with God Almighty. And we see that Abraham had made some bad choices but he came back to the altar and he cried out to the Lord. No matter what, no matter what you've done, no matter where you have been, you can come back to Jesus. Egypt is not far enough for anybody. The sin that you committed is not too bad enough for anybody. But there's still an altar. There's still a place that you can come back to Jesus today. That's the blessing that we have. But not as we continue on, we see that there is a how-to in making choices. If you notice right now on the internet, you can find a how-to to do absolutely anything. My dad's one of those guys. He just now turned 74 years old with YouTube and a little bit of courage my dad can do anything you, he, you want him to do. All these people getting knee replacements and hip replacements, I, my dad can do that. <laughs> he, 
He could watch it on YouTube. He's like, I could do that. That ain't no problem at all, you know. Um, all these different how-tos you got out there, you know what, they could figure it out somehow. But you know what me and you need? We need some how-to on making some good choices. You or someone you love today can't make a good choice if they try. Struggling. Every single day. Bad choice after bad choice. And man, you're going to come up and say, grow up a little bit and make a good choice every now and then. But there's a how-to. There's a how-to in the Bible on how to make some good choices in your life. We're going to see in, in, in Genesis chapter 13, verses 8, 9, and 10. So Abraham said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me, and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I'll go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I'll go to the left. And Lot lifted his eyes, and he saw all the plains of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as towards Zoar. We see here today, this was Abraham's choice. We were living in a different time than we're living right now. I can remember back in a day in the 80s here in Louisa, Kentucky, when 23 was a two-lane road. And we'd have to go to Ashland every now and then, and it was a huge deal. A lot of people don't know about this, but I was, I was from a very wealthy family. And um, we loaded up in there in Cherryville in, a, in our Ford F-150. You know what I'm saying? We were cool back then. You know what I mean? My mom and my dad and my aunt would be up in the front seat of the Ford F-150. And we would be in the, in the back. But we wasn't just back there. We had a fancy camper over top of our back of the truck. And all, of, all the kids and, and cousins, we were slammed in the back back there. And every now and then on the way to Ashland, my mom would open up that little door, that little window in the back of the truck. And you could feel that air condition coming in there. You know what I'm saying? You'd be like, whoo, sweet Jesus. Man, I love that. Then they'd, my dad was like, shut that door. All the air conditioning's going out. And we'd have to shut the window back out. And we'd be back there again being rich. You know what I'm saying? And uh, not one time did dad look back into the trunk of the, that pickup truck and say, Chuck, where do you feel like eating tonight, buddy? Not one time. You want to go to Taco Bell or McDonald's? Not one time. You know what we did? We went to Shoney's. I still can't go to Shoney's today, and I hate that place. I'm glad it went out of business. You know what I'm saying? Because that's where we had to go all the time. So I don't even like going to Bob Evans because it reminds me of Shoney's. And that's it. But the choice was never mine. My dad never said, hey, Chuck, where do you want to go on vacation um, this year? No. I, we, we were never put in the decision-making process of anything. My dad didn't even ask if we want to turn a light on. It was never a question. But today we kind of, you know, move on that a little bit. But Abraham did something so odd 
is that he let Lot make a choice that didn't belong to Lot. Abraham, being the uncle, should have told Lot what to do, when to do it, and how to do it, and not be any question. But God was teaching me and you something very valuable in this lesson. Listen to it. Abraham did not make a decision based upon Lot, or Lot's decision did not affect Abraham. Because why? Abraham was depending and trusting upon the Lord and not the bad decision that Lot was going to make. Abraham was trusting in the Lord and not the good decision Lot was going to make. Everything Abraham was doing was trusting God and nobody else. Because you could have said, well, he could have sent them in another place and that's why all this happened. No, Lot, Lot was, God allowed Abraham to make a decision based 100% upon faith and trusting in God. Every decision me and you make needs to be a decision not on what someone else is deciding to do, not on decision on where someone else is going, but our decision should be based upon God and what he is leading me and you to do personally. Abraham trusted in God. Abraham let Lot choose. Abraham chose faith. He was not trusting in any kind of um, voodoo or anything of that nature. He was trusting that whatever God had for him was exactly what he needed. And his choice was made by faith in God. Today, the choices me and you make will be good choices when we make choices in faith by faith in God. That's what makes a difference in our lives. But look at Lot. Lot had to figure out, Lot didn't see this coming. When Abraham told him to choose, he didn't think that was going to be a possibility. Abraham thought that he was going to be told what to do and he was going to do that. That's what Lot thought. But when Abraham told Lot to choose, it caught Lot off guard. And look, listen to how Lot had to choose where he wanted to go. He looked around. He had to look around. And he noticed out on the east, it was watered land that looked like the garden of God and it reminded him of Egypt where he had just came from. But the Lord allowed us to see a little bit of the future right there in, this, in that verse. This was before God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Right now, if you look east of Jordan, on the bottom part of this land, this picture where you see the bottom of the Dead Sea at there at the bottom, if you look out to there, you would say, who in the world would ever thought you could raise a, anything in that place? Just pure desert. As far as you can see, it's just desert. But this was before Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. And Lot said, I'll choose, uh, that place looks nice. I'll choose that place. Listen, Abraham made a right choice because he did not choose by sight but by faith. Lot made the wrong choice because he chose by 
sight, not by faith. Our problem today is very similar, that we do our best to walk by sight and not walk by faith. We do our very best to try to figure this out on our own, to look around and see which way is the best way to go, to make decisions based on our own eyes, our own feelings, our own heart. But what we see today, the choices that we make have been wrong because we have followed our heart, which is wicked and deceitful. We followed our eyes that can be fooled. We need to get to the place in our life where we trust in God. What happened was Lot never went back to that altar and cried out to the Lord. He just looked around to see which direction he had. But Abraham found himself back at the altar even though he made a mistake, even though he got in a bad place. He came back, he found the altar, and he cried out to God, and God directed his path. Listen to the Lord today. He'll tell you which way to go. He'll speak to your heart and allow you to know that very place. We see his choice was made, Lot's choice was made by what it looked. It looked good. It looked like Egypt. But Lot chose the whole Jordan Valley just because how it looked. Abraham chose where he was called the land of Canaan. Abraham, after he made that choice, we see in Genesis chapter 13 and verse 18, that Abraham moved to Canaan, pitched his tent, and built what? Built an altar there. Then Abram moved his tent, went and dwelt by the terabith trees of Mamre, which are in Hebron, and built an altar there to the Lord. You know what? He needed a place to cry out to the Lord. Because his Lord was the one who was going to direct his path every single day. But Lot moved and pitched his tent near a place named Sodom. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 13 and verse 13, gives us a description of what Sodom looked like. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. What he thought was right what he thought looked good was Sodom. And what he did was he settled right smack dab in the middle of sin. Why? Because he made a choice by looking with his eyes instead of having faith, having faith in God. We today have found ourselves right smack dab in the middle of a sinful place because we've made a wrong choice looking in our heart, feeling, looking with our eyes, filling with our heart and ending up not allowing God to be a part of our everyday life. We made that mistake. But let's see, Abraham's choice was blessed by God. And verse 14 says this, And the Lord said to Abram after Lot had separated from him, Lift your eyes now and look for the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward. For all the land which I, you see I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land, though its length and width, for I give it to you because Abraham made a choice 
By faith, he was blessed by God. But Lot's choice, and we'll see this next week, was filled with sorrow and pain because of the decision he made. In Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16, that is what the Lord said. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Last church that we started in, um, in Romania, we named it Crossroads. Why? Because of the place that we bought was in this huge intersection with huge high 20-foot, 20 20-story 20 buildings, homes, all the way around the, the intersection. Thousands and thousands of people looked out their window down at our church every single day. We'd never built a church outside of a village. This is the first time we'd ever done it in the city. And we named it Crossroads because of this verse. It says here simply, stop at the crossroads and look around. And I want you to draw your attention to the look around. Because that's what Lot did. Looking around, trying to figure out which direction to go. But it stops there. And he says this, ask for the old godly way and walk in it you know what we see today is this things may look closer than they are when you look at them and you may see something and say man that's the nicest thing i've ever seen that's the prettiest girl i've ever seen or that's the best looking guy i've ever seen but listen the eye and the heart is deceptive but he says this, ask. We need to find that quiet place that we have. And we need to be able to go to God and ask, which way is the godly way? Which way is the way that you would have me to go? And listen to what he says. And after you hear which way to go, <laughs> go there. Walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. But listen, the majority of people won't do that. The majority of people are going to say, no, that's not the road we want. That's not the way we want to go. I think this, I, I, that looks prettier. That looks better. That looks like a, look, this, is, this is more fits me right this way. And they go the wrong way way and they make the bad choice what breaks my heart as a pastor is seeing people who have everything they need to make the right choice they have a family who loves them they have a church that prays for them they have a bible in front of them they have a lord who died for them but yet they say no that's not the road I want. And they walk that direction. Today, our begging, our pleading is this, that we would choose the godly way. Adam and Eve saw God create this world, what he created. He, they, they were in the middle of it all at the beginning. Yet Adam and Eve chose to disobey God.
Cain chose to do what he thought was best, the way he wanted to do it, and he chose to disobey God. Judas sat with Jesus and heard every message that the Lord shared, every parable, all these beautiful things that we didn't even get to hear of Judas got to be a part of that. Yet Judas chose to betray Jesus. Israel got to be ministered to by Jesus Christ himself. And as he stood there in Jerusalem, Pilate told him, you either choose between Barabbas or Jesus. He gave them a choice. I'm not going to, I'm going to let one of them go. You choose and I'll let the one you choose go. Israel, with all the Bible, all the prophecies, all the Old Testament that you could read, they chose Barabbas. Not that's not the road we want. But today, you get to choose. I get to choose. And I pray your answer is this. I choose Jesus. The godly way. The right way. Today, we're at a crossroad. Stop and look around and ask for the old godly way. And walk in it. And you'll find rest for your soul. We need to go back to that altar. where we built before and cry out to the Lord and repent of our sins and trust in God. We need to have that place. This morning, I hope and pray that every single body in this room who's a born-again believer has a place to go to. The Bible says in Psalms 18 and verse 6, In my distress... I called upon the Lord, and he cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry came before him, even to his ears. Do you have that place today where you can go to and cry out to the Lord? This is our invitation that we're going to give today. And this end of this gym here, it becomes an altar. It becomes a place that you can cry out to the Lord call upon his name it can be a place where you make a decision and say yes yes to jesus and to following him today this could be a place where you can say you know what i've made some mistakes i was in egypt and i want to get out of that place i want to come back i want to come back to the lord today today can be the day of salvation where you call upon the lord the question is this very simply this are we going to trust in the Lord or not? Are we going to walk in the godly way or not? Are we going to listen to the Lord or not? It's a choice that we get to make today. And I know you might not be very good at making choices. I know you're tired probably of making choices and you really don't, don't want to make another one right now. 
you know what? This is the greatest choice you'll ever make in your life. Because the only thing you have to do is say yes to Jesus. To for, ask him to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And that's exactly what he does. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful, he's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I don't care how long you spent in Egypt. I don't care what you did in Egypt. I don't care. It don't matter. None of that anymore. Come back to Jesus. Come home. And he will wipe you as white as snow. When you make that decision to follow Christ, it's the greatest decision that you'll ever make. I want to talk to you believers just for a second. I made that decision when I was a nine-year-old boy. Meads Branch, Kentucky, where Jesus saved my soul. But afterwards, in the last 40 years, I've made some decisions I'm not proud of. Decisions that took me to places I didn't need to be and got me in trouble sometimes I didn't need to be in trouble. But always, God was waiting with, for me with his arms wide open. So when you follow Jesus, this is not a decision that happens just once in your life. But every single day when you wake up, every single temptation that comes by our path, every single difficulty that walks up to us is a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Every day we need to decide to say yes to Jesus. Not for our salvation. We got saved before. But yes, I am going to trust the Lord today. What happened to Abraham? He's just too much like me and you. He got scared. He got scared to death. What happened to me just when I was a 22, 23-year-old boy, I was in a village right on the um, Moldavian border, um, Russian Moldova, Moldova. And I had a group of teenagers with me. I was only 22, 23 at the time. These, these kids were 14, 15 years old. Had 10 or 12 of them with me. Had a um, militia, Moldavian Russian militia come up out of the woodwork. And he pointed an AK-47 at me. And he asked me a question. Are you a repenter? Yes, pokit. I didn't know what to do. I was scared. If I answered yes to that, I knew where I was going to go when he shot me. I was going to go to heaven. I was going to be absent from the Prut River right there in Moldova, and I was going to be present with the Lord in paradise. But then my mind went to the 10 or 12 teenagers that were surrounding me. Because when he killed me, he was going to kill all of them. And I said, my answer is not only going to get me killed, but it's going to get all of them killed as well. I don't know how long this took. Maybe two seconds or 30 minutes. I don't know. 
But I was just sitting there in my mind trying to work out the answer to the situation at hand. And he finally disturbed my prayer meeting. And he said, you need to come with me. They're going to kill one of you guys if you don't come and help me real quick. And he was only trying to get me to go help him get someone else out of a trouble of being killed. And I was like, only thing I could say is, thank you, Jesus. Because I was ready to answer for myself, but I wasn't ready to answer from all those, pe all those people. And it was so hard. You know what, today? I hope you're ready to answer for yourself. But everybody around you, you need to make sure they're ready to answer for themselves. To know that they know the Lord Jesus Christ is their personal Savior. And the only way you can do that is by loving on them and asking them, do you know Jesus? Have you made a profession of faith? Have you believed upon Jesus as your personal Savior? If you would die today, where in the world would you go? Well, I don't want to talk, about, talk to anybody about something like that. Man, man, oh man. That's the greatest news that you would be able to know. That someone would know that they would have everlasting life. Question is this, do you going to trust God or you're not going to trust him? I pray that you make a decision today. I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust in the Lord.